When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Betches Media presents... I would like to speak to America's men for one minute. That slacker barista. I start getting full of emotion. Now we're going to build this new bridge here. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No, I can't. Betches Up Podcast. Like, how are people surviving? Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. And before we get into those, Caitlin, I do have a question for you. How much better do you think our world, primarily our country, but you know, even our entire planet would be, had Tucker Carlson's dad loved his son even a little bit? Wow. That's a, that's a world-changing proposition right there. I think so. I mean... If he'd gotten even the tiniest ounce of parental admiration, he might we might have all been spared um, a lot, a lot of many traumas, things. many traumas. Fatherly affection is such a remote concept to Tucker Carlson that he opened his show on Monday by mocking President Joe Biden's a phone call that he made to his son Hunter Biden during a period of extreme distress and substance abuse. The audio published. By the Daily Mail in 2018, features Biden telling his son, actually, let's just play our clip for our listeners. Dad, I called to tell you I love you. I love you more than the whole world, pal. I gotta get some help. I don't know what to do. I know you don't either, but I'm here, no matter what you need. No matter what you need, I love you. So I had to really dig around to find the purpose of why Tucker Carlson opened his show with this this week. It remains unclear, but it comes like sort of amid, but not even immediately after a report that the FBI or like the attorney general in Delaware, they reportedly have enough evidence of tax fraud, of like a bad gun law thing with Hunter Biden. So I guess apropos of that, we're going to, uh, you know, mock men's affection for, for one another. The Family Values Party. It's also supposed to, I suppose, pr- suggest that he's not like tough on substance abuse or that he he's mm. unse- like I have oh, no idea the pot what this, thing? this means. But like, <laughs> this is just normal affection. Like, this is the kind of support that like everybody wishes that they had or they could give to people struggling with addiction in their lives. And I think it's it's just one of those things that's just going to end up just turning right back around. And that I, I noticed a lot of people on Twitter talking about it being an ad. And like one of the things that Joe Biden has in spades that's just n- not common in politics is this incredible sense of warmth and empathy that he's, he cares about people. And this is his son. And it's also 
you know, like he's lost two children. That's yep. that's and and a and a wife. Like this is this is a man who's been weighed by grief, and he just wants to take care of his his son and and his family. And you could just tell. I I don't know what the plan is here. Like, ooh, secret plan to make Joe Biden look like a caring dad. <laughs> I. I, you know, right. like, I, I don't find it nefarious, but I guess, you know, love seems nefarious when you <laughs> haven't received any. Precisely. It's a very remote concept. You can really see, I mean, there is every time that Don Jr. tweets just like anything, there's just such a desperation in it. You just, you just continue. I mean, you don't, you've only had to be in therapy for like six months consistently to really know the root of all of, of all of those problems. This is weird. It's very gross. It's very, uh, Bizarre from the family values party. Speaking of political parties, at midterms, rapidly approached candidates are becoming more visible on a, a national scale. For instance, Pennsylvania Lieutenant Governor and Democratic Senate candidate John Fetterman, he sat down with Dasha Burns from NBC News. I believe this was his first in-person interview since his stroke earlier this year. He's done Zoom ones. He's done remote ones. He used closed captioning, so he was watching a screen that immediately transcribed her words. His campaign required this because Fetterman's auditory processing continues to recover since that stroke. So he did discuss those ongoing challenges during the interview and why he and his medical team believe he is healthy and fit to serve in the U.S. Senate. The challenges that were visible during the interview, Fetterman said himself, will improve by January, whereas Dr. Oz will still be a fraud. I liked that line. The interview also, it included a lot of commentary from the interviewer herself, um, you know, about Fetterman's challenges during the interview. She said she, she said she didn't think he was comprehending their conversation without captioning, uh, which was the explicit purpose of the captioning. And she said that small talk was difficult because of the auditory processing issues. Those two things just sort of stood out to me and we'll talk about because there are plenty of people who can't hear. <laughs> there are lots of deaf people who use closed captioning and and rely on those things and are perfectly capable as long as those very small accommodations are made. But it was interesting because just some other journalists chimed in to say they didn't share that experience with Fetterman. So sort of saying, actually, not necessarily saying there's no problem with that, but saying that's not our experience with him. In response, she said this was his first in-person interview so then there just ended up being like a projected back and forth between between like people that had interviewed him but other factors here are just that stroke experts say that Fetterman's symptoms would not indicate that he has any like permanent cognitive impairment or memory issues and that he can fully recover he is still on the road to recovery the ableist reactions from the right poured in obviously immediately saying you know I mean you you know what these people say about Joe Biden when he stammers, you know what these people say about said about Hillary Clinton when she would trip. So you can only imagine what they were saying about John Fetterman. So again, this was his first in-person interview. We're really close to this race. His opponent has not had, I, I, I think his uh, Dr. Oz has not been shy about pointing this out as a factor, uh, whether he can serve. But Caitlin, what about like this interview and kind of how it was framed and the reaction to it stood out to you? I mean, you have one of the most important Senate seats in the country, and one candidate is patently, undeniably, unbelievably, <laughs> undoubtedly unqualified. There's really just nothing about Dr. Oz that makes him a qualified senator. Do you know what I was thinking as you were going through all of those uns? Un, un, yeah. Un. Uh, uh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I mean, he 
he he killed puppies. <laughs> just I'm never gonna get over that. One. I know. <laughs> I legitimately used to like. I would be like, you know, people will do terrible things, and Mitch McConnell and all this stuff, and people used to be take that really personally, and I I understand. But like, this man actually killed puppies, and he's still oversaw anyway. the mass murder of puppies. <laughs> like I at this point, there's no parody, and yet there's this focus on whether or not his opponent is good enough and the the nature of questioning you know so to be clear there is historical precedent for a stroke being extremely bad vacuum of power kind of thing let's talk about edith wilson for a second the wife to woodrow wilson who (laughs) after his stroke kind of just became president uh not officially but technically probably a first woman president since she was like running the White House. And I understand people, there's definitely like a worry of like, well, if I've hired this person, I bring this person to do this job, can they do it? But there's the obvious truth is he's already doing it. He's campaigning, he's present, he's engaged, he's doing the thinking, he's doing the work. So, you know, where that headspace comes from that like, oh man, can we be short? Yeah, the campaign is the interview. This man is doing what he needs to do. And frankly, have you met a United States senator? Like Robert Byrd was being like, like, what? They almost brought in a full ass hospital bed for him to vote. Like, you guys, like, this is not a thing. Like, people get carried feet first out of the Senate. Like, this is <laughs> this is not weird to have a senator who has disabilities. <laughs> there are two senators right now who are recovering from strokes uh, or have recovered from strokes, Chris Van Hollen and um, Benry Lujan. And it's just extremely normal experience that human bodies have. Um, and he's relatively young. So this is, this is not the same as like a 75 year old having a stroke, which would be a, a, I would suggest like, okay, we do need to actually stay a little bit closer on your health for that reason. That doesn't mean that, you should suggest that he can't do the job if the campaign is going well that's the sign that things are fine hey american fever dream listeners i'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift now you can use gift mode on etsy gift mode on etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion it's easy just tap or click gift mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And gift mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. Whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of the things I like to buy on Etsy have little dachshunds on them or are four dachshunds. Dottie's got a whole litany of new sweaters and harnesses and all kinds of fun stuff that we get lots of compliments on when we're out on walks. A gifting moment is always just around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. We all know your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways you can't underestimate. Sometimes what starts as a bad hair day quickly turns into a bad everything else day. I'd never found beauty products that really understood my needs, but ever since I switched to custom hair and skin routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits healthier hair and skin, yes, 
But beyond that, too, since I started using pros, I've noticed consistently healthy hair. Even with all I put it through with the heat tools and the hairsprays to get this pompadour sky high, it smells great. It looks fancy on the shelf. And I like that it has my name right on it. This formula is made for V. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. From millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely yours or mine. And Pros isn't just better for you. It's better for the planet. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription at pros.com slash feverdream. So get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash feverdream. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash feverdream. The most remarkable thing to me about the interview was how unremarkable it was. He did it. He executed it extremely well because he was able to use the closed captioning, which did not impact uh, the the impact of his words at all. I mean, yeah, like you said, like he's doing it. Also, two fucking words, people. Josiah Bartlett. It's fine. It's fine. The only sort of like part of the commentary that was a little bit fair, as they pointed out, I, I think he... He could be a little bit more forthcoming with the medical records, but 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 look at these tweets from Republicans. I can't say that I I really understand why, you know, why he he hasn't been because he doesn't want them to jump all over it. But yeah, I think as you, the reactions to this, it's interesting because they're like, is he gonna be better in time without realizing that there are plenty of people with disabilities who can serve with minor accommodations or none or minimal and have had disabilities their whole life. So it's like to see how strongly people react to this. um, Yeah, it's discouraging in terms of like what people view as a competent politician, especially when you have like fucking, I mean, Herschel Walker, God, God willing will lose. But when he has, he's saying things like the military used to, (laughs) now the military is all about pronouns. What happened to (laughs) pushups? Like this is not what we need to be talking about, about candidates communication problems. It is not John Fetterman who has a communication problem. Yeah, and I would argue that like CTE being like something that has been congressionally investigated because of NFL's antitrust, because of this kind of stuff, like we actually know that this creates severe issues with people in terms of memory, communication, but also personality. I mean, people were talking about, you know, football players who who basically changed into different people after playing the game. That if we're going to talk about situations like that, the question is, is his campaign demonstrating that he has he has sufficiently managed and created accommodations for whatever disability he may have? And it's clear that that is not the case. And the kinds of things that he's saying should be quite alarming and they would be alarming if he didn't have cognitive impairment. But we suspect that might be the case. And that's a good question to ask versus oh, this guy's had a stroke, but he's out there on the campaign trail. He's doing the work. His answers are coherent. He's got prognosis from experts who are saying, like, this man is relatively young and he's going to recover. He's And his opponent is literally like a puppy killer. <laughs> you know, like at some point, you know, it makes me think of that time. There was that Senate candidate who, who died uh, before... 
uh, he who died during the election. I mean, he he passed away, and his wife was basically going to be the person taking over that seat. And John Ashcroft lost to that dead man, which was a huge deal because everyone was like, they literally would prefer his wife take over the seat than John Ashcroft. This is where we're at. It doesn't matter where John Fetterman is, you know, if he is completely competent, but who cares? If, right. Even if he's not, Dr. Oz is the alternative, people. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, Joe Biden has no diagnoses. He's just old, and they have never stopped saying that he has a whole host of problems. Hillary Clinton still dealing with her brain, I guess. Yeah, exactly. It's just like when we think of these people, it's like, I could never, I mean, on my wedding day, which was a high pressure day, I had a 36 hour panic attack. I could not relax. So watching, it's like, of course, Hillary Clinton fainted one time on the campaign trail. She's a 65 year old woman who notoriously doesn't drink water. Like, the fact that this man did this interview and he didn't, like, he really didn't miss a beat. And I think people would have had a lot of grace for him even more than kind of like the interviewer seemed to allow. Um, so these people are incredibly impressive and and really good at what they do. So it's just sort of like, you know, you don't, it's just the, the pointing out constantly of like, well, he would have been, you know, he without the closed captioning, it would have been a problem. It's like, well, you wouldn't, you don't need to remark on what, on every single part of disability. It's like, but for this, the, I, don't, I don't know, it was just a little irritating and it's like a very like ableist weird habit to, to break. I use captioning on everything because you want to know why <laughs> I need to understand what people are saying. Like, And I, again, I'm able-bodied mostly, um, but I'm neurodivergent. And the truth is, is that like, you know, you're going to, to need certain accommodations and you're going to need uh, certain certain things to be able to do the job as asked. But the job as asked is to think, process, protect, defend Pennsylvania citizens. And yes. that he's doing, you know? So, I would rather, so yeah. That, that, that's the job, you know? Understand what your senator actually is there for. And he's, you know, ultimately a lot of the stuff that they're like, oh, well, he can't do blah, blah, blah. Like, you guys, that's 90% of that is going to be staff. Um, and the stuff that he he does do, he just needs a minor accommodation exactly. to manage. He's yeah, still I would rather pay for doing the work. I would rather pay for John Fetterman's closed captioning as a taxpayer than for for Senator Doctor Oz's trips back home to New Jersey. <laughs> oh, or annoyingly, whatever lawsuits from all of the murder he's committed <laughs> because he killed so many puppies. I'm still upset about this. I'm never gonna stop being upset. About we ought to mention it every day for the next 27 days. John Wick. Uh, this is this is. I feel like you know we we understand how important this is. Message. John Wick is a franchise for a reason. We all dread the what should we have for dinner question. I mean, I know I do. I love a home-cooked meal, but I don't always have the time, energy, or groceries to make it happen. Being able to feast on a delicious meal without the long prep and cook times is what drew me to Home Chef over the other guys. Home Chef's meals are effortless, so I can spend less time trying to be Top Chef and more time watching it. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. 
Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week and serves a variety of dietary needs, so you never have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and of course, free shipping on your first box. Just go to homechef.com slash fever dream. That's homechef.com slash fever dream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard that right. Homechef.com slash fever dream must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. For our next story today, this is a huge story this week. Uh, We'll probably chat about it with Million Elise tomorrow too, but wanted to address it in a leaked conversation from October 2021. The LA City Council president and several other leaders were heard making really cruel, really racist remarks about other city council members and their families. So some notable ones that we will read is that uh, they made... they. They made comments about a white member's three-year-old who is black, said that her colleague handled his young black son as though they were an accessory and reportedly described the colleague's son in Spanish as like a monkey. The audio was uploaded to Reddit by an anonymous user. It's very, very clear if you listen to it, they never thought anybody would hear it. Uh, It also includes council members discussing discussing redistricting in pretty racist terms, like talking about how to consolidate their own power, even at the extent at the expense of chopping up the influence of particularly black residents. They also made racist comments and used stereotypes about Oaxacans in Mexico and the United States. This has now prompted calls for the members' resignations all the way from the White House with uh, President Biden, according to White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, said that he believes those heard on the leaked audio should resign and be held accountable. So I believe as of now, the Los Angeles Little Council, Nora Martinez, announced that she's taking a leave of absence from the council. I think she's resigned from her presidency, but I don't think she's resigned from the council yet, which is, you know, really hard to believe. I only pulled from a, a very small list of everything said. It's very, it's very dense. It's a very dense conversation of insults and has really exploded into a nationwide story. Woo. First of all, I learned a lot of things about LA, but from this one, uh, <laughs> Such as. that they only have 15 council members, which sounds absurd for a city of like four million people. Like how many does New York City have? New York City has fifty-one council Whoa. members. Okay, so that's the the opposite. Like if you just flip the 
how, how, and we have 8 million people and we probably could afford more council members. Um, but I'll be clear, council is actually a full-time job yeah, <laughs> and not like a part-time thing. It happens in a lot of places that's part-time. This is a full-time gig in New York. I was completely blown away. Like y'all have 15 council members and yeah. three of them were on that call. <laughs> Just being so it's like percent of your council just openly being racist. That's that's interesting. In October 2021. Uh yeah, I mm. and I think it, it just speaks to I mean governance is a whole process, right? So you this this experience, it's not surprising to me as a black person who has Latino background. Um, my entire mom's family is from Panama. Um, but at the same time, it's just like very disheartening because you would like to think that there would be more solidarity um, between groups that really do need each other. Uh, and especially in the face of like white supremacy and, you know, hearing that out of people who really should be on your side is pretty demoralizing. So I'd like to to give a shout out to all the, the black Angelinos today who have to to kind of process the fact that, you know, their government, their government is hostile even when it looks m- closer to them, even when it, it's supposed to be, you know, people who, who've expressed solidarity. And finally, mm-hmm. blue states, this is the, tr- like, liberalism does not make you not racist. I, can't continue to express that enough. You know, you need to do the work. And that means not making horrible racist comments about three-year-olds. Right. Even in private. Yeah. And these comments are inexcusable, terrible. Nothing could excuse them. But as you were saying, there's only 15 seats. I'm curious what role, like, the scarcity mindset around power for, like, represents representatives of color could could play in this like again the things that were said doesn't excuse anything but it's like there's so little power to to fight for like do you think that plays a role i mean scarcity though is enforced as yeah i say many times with my hatred of the 1929 permanent portion (laughs) Um, you know, like I was hoping we'd get it, there. There she is. It's for, <laughs> it's for scarcity, you know. But that's serious in the sense of like fifteen people is like outrageous. <laughs> oh my god! You should at least have half as many as the the next biggest city, which is again my city. And I just heard it. I was like, wait, you guys have how many council members? And it's even wilder because um, you know, if you if you go to LA, like each. The, the city is not really a cohesive city. It's a bunch of tinier cities patched together with very large boulevards and unfortunately freeways. And like, it just doesn't, it, it's like you, each one of these little towns should have a rep effectively, you know, who's close to the ground. That's the other thing. You're very far away from your constituents. You, you're not in, engaged with them. These kinds of power plays are much easier to take place in places where it is much smaller. The group is much tinier. And they can change that anytime they want. They can mm-hmm. just choose yeah. to promote a bigger council to give themselves more flexibility. But they don't. Yeah. I guess we know why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. 
Those were our stories for today. Caitlin, what are you, what are you doing on, what are you unpacking on your Patreon these days? Uh, I just unpacked how the Dred Scott decision led to a Republican wave year in 1858. Naturally. Pretty exciting. Um, because, you know, I feel like, I don't know why, but like, I feel like a parallel between like, like removing the rights of citizens who very obviously were like free and autonomous. Oh, um, oh I see. Just before like a big midterm election ahead of like one of the biggest like presidential elections we might ever have in our history. I don't know. I just felt like maybe there was like some parallels between these things. Parallels? Yeah. 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 Just a little bit. I'm going to be continuing to do some studying on like fascism and also like why Sam Alito is like basically Roger Cannon. Oh, I look forward to that one. (laughs) (laughs) That is our show. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Caitlin Byrne. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. Bye. The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sousmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at SUPPod at Betches.com. Betches.